This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. I highly recommend getting the Word of God. If you're watching by live stream, get your Bible out. Go with me to the book of Leviticus chapter 27. So it'll be Genesis, Exodus, and then Leviticus. Leviticus 27, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. Like, Ooh, it's been a good evening, huh? It's the move of God here. And we want to highlight, God, God's aware of you, okay? God's aware of every one of us. and You can't do anything to cause God to love you any more than he does. You say, well, you don't know how bad I've been. That still doesn't counsel God's love for you. That our God is a God of love. He's compassionate. He's long-suffering. He's very patient. So again, don't think God's given up on you. He hasn't. All right, Leviticus 27. Verse 30, interesting passage here. And all the tithe of the land, not, not a little bit of the tithe, not a portion of the tithe, but he said, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Now, just right there, the, the B-I-B-L-E, it lets us know real quick, the tithe is the Lord's, it's not mine. Okay, that's what he's telling us. And he goes on to say, it is holy to the Lord. It is separated to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. So you begin to get something here. It's a big deal to God. If a man wants it all to redeem any of his tithe, he shall add one-fifth to it. So if we go back and look at the tithe, the tithe is 10%. But there's one day, let's just say we're out at the mall and we're shopping and I got my tithe money with me and I see a pair of shoes and I think I got to have those shoes. Got to have them. I got to have them. And I use that, that tithe money to buy those shoes. He just said that you would now not own 10%, but you'd owe 20%. Now God doesn't need your money, Okay. Heaven's not broke, the, the electric bill's paid, the angel's robes aren't all torn, okay? But God does this to bless us. And he goes on to say, and concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock, remember they were farmers and ranchers, or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. An unchanging principle by an unchanging God. Now, it's just not the tithe, okay? It's the heart behind the tithe. So, let's just say right now, I have 10 $1 bills right here. And we know how much of those $10 bills would be the tithe. Just one. But which one is actually the tithe? That first one. That first, you got to give that first one. Why do I got to give the first one? Because it's a first fruit. I give God my, my best. I don't give God my leftovers. I give my, God my best. And so when I give that God my best, that first, and you know what that is? That's a huge step of faith. Huge. Because I'm going to give God what I have before I know what's going to take place. But man, I'm telling you, God eats it up. He looks like, that's my boy. That's my girl. Look at them. So I, I encourage you, stay with the word of God. Just read the Bible here, all right? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for an opportunity to give tonight. Lord, we just thank you. 
Ooh, your word's very clear on this. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we appreciate your giving. Bless all of you. Remember the faith closet's open right after this. And then the young adults Friday night, uh, the Dream Center Saturday morning. So just a bunch of things going on. Go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're on faith again. And you're turning to Mark 4. I'm going to make a couple points right here that we really, really need to hear these things. Mark 4 is where you're going i got to stick with the, the truth. I've, I've got to stick with the Bible. I, I, I've got to stay with it. I, I must refuse to budge from the Word of God. And every one of us in this room, we're just like the men and women in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. We're all going to have crossroads moments. And in those cross moment, uh, crossroad moments... The deciding factor will always be, did I stay with the Word of God? And, and the reason I want to highlight this, because in Psalms 119.89, it says, forever the Word of God will remain. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God is eternal. It's not going to change. So tonight, we're going to jump into a passage. Oh, this is so, so good. Mark 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, the disciples, he said, let's cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took them along in the boats, and he was with them, and the other little boats were also with him. So we see here, it's late in the evening. And Jesus says, let's go ahead and go to the other side tonight. And so they hop in the boats and they take off. Verse 37. And a great windstorm arose. Now I highlight the word great. It, 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 is, it is fierce, okay? This fierce windstorm arose. But Jesus and the waves, and let me not get ahead of myself, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So the water is coming into the boat. It's bad, okay? Actually, when I read this, it's one of those nights you really don't want to be on the lake. Verse, 37, verse 38. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. All hell's breaking loose. And Jesus is in this boat on the stern with his pillar sound asleep. Now, I'm going somewhere real quick. I want to read this to you. This is a verse that I believe applies to every one of us in our times of sleep. This is Proverbs 3.24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Proverbs 3.24. Some of you need to write that down. Some of you need to begin to speak that over your children, okay? But I highlight because this is what the Lord Jesus is doing. He's on, asleep on his pillow. Now, I want to make something very clear here through the Bible. You got to see this. Jesus is in the boat, okay? It's very evident right here when I read this that Jesus is in the boat. Now, why am I making a big deal of that? 
Just because Jesus is in your boat or just because Jesus is Lord of your life, it does not exempt us from the storms of life. It doesn't exempt us from trials and troubles. Actually, the Lord said in John 6, 16, 33, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations. You're going to have some challenges, but he said, be of good courage. So there Jesus is on the boat. He's snoring. He's dreaming of heaven. Verse number 39, verse 38. And he was stern asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? So they're terrified. They're freaking out. And they accuse Jesus of not caring. They're on the verge of they think they're about to die. And so it's almost like they're saying, Lord, we didn't envision this is the way we're going to die. But this is what they're accusing. And not only are they accusing of Jesus of not caring, this was your idea, Jesus. You're the one who said tonight, let's go to the other side. So you know what they're doing to agree? They begin to blame Jesus. The reason we're in this predicament is because of you, Jesus. So Jesus hears everything they're saying. He hears their complaints, but it doesn't move him, doesn't bother him. Verse 39, then Jesus arose. And I wonder when he arose if he wasn't thinking, these knuckleheads are accusing me of not caring. Does that describe you? Have you ever accused God or Jesus of not caring? Do you not see what's going on, God? Do you not see all the walls are falling? Do you not see what's going on? And so this is what's going on here. And so he arises and he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind. Now, when Jesus did stuff like this, he didn't do it just for the fun of it. He didn't just do it to impress people. I believe he did these things on this earth to model stuff to the disciples and us. So when it says he rebuked the wind, what does that mean? Keep reading. And he said to the sea, he spoke to the sea, he spoke to the circumstance. He spoke to the situation. And I believe he's telling us, when life comes at me, when darkness comes at me, you have the authority in Jesus' name to rebuke it. And it's like Jesus is saying, don't put up with this, fellas. So he rebukes the wind. And he said, and watch what he says. Peace be still. Peace be still. Jesus spoke exactly what he desired to happen. He didn't say, fellas, get the life jacket out. We're going down. He said, peace, be still. Pipe down. Hush. Knock it off. He speaks to the wind, and he says all this. Now, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking about this passage, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun 
to see the disciples' faces and their expressions when he's doing this. And I say that because their expressions would be just like me and you. We'd look like, I can't believe what I'm watching. But it doesn't end here. Verse 39, he rebuked the wind, the sea, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was great calm. Verse 40, but he said to them, he said to the disciples, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? He's speaking to me and you. Why are you so fearful? And then the next sentence is just crazy what he says to him to me. How is it that you have no faith? How, how, how is it that you don't have any faith? And so what takes place here, Jesus makes a contrast with fear and faith, and he equates fear with no faith. And faith here means to trust God, helping, uh, helping power in crisis, a help that is both present and active in Jesus. So when I read this and he says, you have no faith, maybe it'd help us if Jesus spoke to us in his, not in his Hebrew language, but in his West Texas drawl. Hello. Tell him you're late for church. Pastor said hello. <laughs> Jesus says in his West Texas drawl, what's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all? You know, a couple years ago when we were in Israel, our guide who was Hebrew, there was, there was 40 of us that would go in a bus, and we were all from Texas. And one day he said, what's y'all? What's y'all? <laughs> so... We were in uh, Bethlehem at a little wood shop and my wife got this little carving and it says, Shalom, y'all. <laughs> that didn't mean anything. But again, in his West Texas, come on, what's wrong with y'all? And, and Jesus wasn't doing this to slap them. He was teaching us a little lesson here. And so when he says all this, his disciples had lived three years with him. And they had seen what he had done over and over. And it was like Jesus was looking at them and said, Listen, fellas, when I tell you my word and I say stuff, when, when are you going to get it? It's going to happen with what I say. And when I read those things and I say those words, I say, Lord, you've got to help me with my faith. Because I'm very similar to them. And it's very easy to get off track by circumstances and situation when you feel like, man, the floods of life are coming in. And he ends in verse 40, and he says, or 41, and he says, and they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? But how could everybody on the boat, be freaking out and losing it. And Jesus is asleep in the boat. 
when everybody else thinks it's over. You want to see the key to this? Go all the way back to verse 35. Watch this. On the same day when Jesus, or when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let's cross over to the other side. He tells them immediately, we're going to the other side. This is what's going to happen. Now, he never said when we go to the other side, we're getting ready to go through the storm. But he said, boys, we're going to the other side. So the point of this is, when Jesus says we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. Even when it looks like life has thrown me a curveball, and I think, oh, no, what are we going to do? If I'll hang on to the word of God, Jesus says we're going to the other side. So if we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. And I realize more and more when I read these things, that it's the same as the word of God. And when the word of God is presented to me, I have two options. Either I believe it or I doubt it. And I'm just like the disciples. But the more I study the word of God and I read these passages on Jesus, you know what I realize? The word of God is true. The word of God doesn't change. When Jesus says we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. And that's why I believe he said, where's your faith, y'all? I, I told you we're going to the other side. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, so we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I go back and I think about if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They heard what Jesus said. But I got to get to a place where, again, the more that I hear the word of God, the more the word of God begins to resonate on the inside of me. And before long, something on the inside starts working on the outside and there's a huge change in me. And that root called faith, man, it just starts getting deeper and deeper. And the more I learn to believe the word and act on the word of God, stuff happens. Now, I want you to see this here in Joshua chapter one. Start in verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Moses, the son of now Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant's dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. So as Moses was to Joshua, Jesus was to us. And so right here, the Lord said, you the man, Joshua, you're it now. You're it. And sometimes we don't like to be it. But sometimes God will look at us and say, do you know you're the only person I have in this situation that is available? And that may be at your work. That may be in situations where you're the only believer. And it becomes very humbling when you hear the Lord say, you're the only guy I got. You're the only one that's available. And many times we're like, Gideon, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong house. You got the wrong address. 
But yet, like Joshua, God sees stuff within us. And he knows, Joshua, you've been around Moses. You've seen what Moses did with me. You've seen how he believed me. That's on the inside of you. He said, now, get up. You got to get going. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, you're going to have to walk by faith, pal. You're going to have to do these things. From the wilderness in Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great seaward, the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, when God says, I'm not going to leave you, he means it. And that's what he's telling Josh. He said, listen, buddy, you got to grab a hold of me here on this. And then we get to verse 6. Be strong and a good courage. Even when your boat starts rocking. Even when life doesn't look promising. Even when everybody else around you is wanting to quit, wanting to give up, wanting to jump ship. I've got to listen to this. Be strong and in good courage. Now this was so important that in this chapter he tells Joshua this four times. When God tells you something four times, you know what he's telling you? You got to get it. You got to get it. Be strong and in good courage. You know what he's telling him? Life's not always going to be easy. Just be strong in me and good courage. For to this people you shall divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He's telling them, this is what's happening, buddy. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it. Don't turn from the word of God. To the right or to the left? Stay right there. Stay right with the word of God. Don't forget what I'm telling you. Why? That you may prosper wherever you go. Ooh, God wants to take care of us, but I got to obey him. In order to obey him, I got to believe him and I got to trust him. Verse 8. Listen real closely. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You're going to have to speak the word of God out of your mouth. This was his prescription to Joshua. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the things that God has said. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart. So let me ask you something right now. What's the abundance of your heart? America's got talent. I love to watch movies. What you put in your heart is ultimately going to come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart. So that's why he's telling get the word of God down inside you. And when life starts coming at you, you speak the word. It'll begin to flow out of you. And sometimes the only thing you may be able to say is, Jesus, 
Speak the word. And he's highlighting this, the significance. That's why it's very important with that we got to get a hold of the word of God and we got to get where we speak it out of our mouth. Day by day by day by day by day. And then look what he says next. But you shall meditate in it day and night. You shall meditate an active reciting, a respeaking of God's word. Day and night, day and night, day and night. Just speak the word. Speak the word. That's why the word of God is so important for us. It says there in Hebrews 4 that the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a discerner of my thoughts and the intent of my heart. Speak the word. Meditate on the word. And then look what he tells him. That you may observe to do according to all that is written. This was the prescription. You're going to have to do the word. You're going to have to obey the word. Don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. Now, watch real closely this last part in verse 8. For then, for then, after I've based my life off the word of God, after I've got a, a, a reservoir of the word of God in here, and my mind is renewed to the word of God, I'm recited, and I begin to become a doer of the word again. He said, and then, now watch real closely, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. A result of obeying the word of God. So something happens right here. What do I do, Pastor, when life circumstances come at me? Don't void out your faith by this right here. Speak the word. Speak the word. Keep speaking the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. You know, I got, I got about one minute. Years ago in my life when I was messed up with all that alcohol. That's why I have great compassion with people who have addictions. That was me. But I remember one day we got a hold of the word of God. Colossians 1. And it says. In our inheritance he's made us partakers. Of the divine inheritance that's in the light of Jesus. In Colossians 1.13 he said. He has delivered you out of the power of darkness. And transferred you into the kingdom of light. So I begin to read that little phrase there. He has delivered me out of the power of darkness. Now when I read he has. You know what that means? He's already done it. So do I receive it? Do I believe that? So I started, I started speaking that. I thank you Lord. You delivered me out of the power of darkness. Did you get set free instantly? Nope. Nope. But day by day. I'm telling you. Three by five cards, man. It was all over our house, my car, my dash. I'd say, Father God, I thank you. You delivered me from the power of darkness. You've delivered me from alcohol. And then what would happen? I'd blow it. And you know what I'd do? I'd get back up and I'd repent and say, Lord, I blew it again. Thank you, Lord, you've delivered me out of the power of the darkness. Your word says you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. So the more I begin to speak that over my life, the more that root begin to draw down. It begin to go down. And before long, I wasn't drinking every day. It started getting less and less, which was victory. 
and then to the goodness of God, the power of the word of God, the faith to believe that when God says, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness, he means it. Just like when he told them to cross over the other side, he means it. And so you know what? I saw something happen four years later. That's totally free. That's the glory of God, guys. The word of God will work if you'll stay with it. It'll work. Stand up here. Say to one. I got one minute late. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. That's why it's so important that we find scripture that pertains to what we're going through in life. That's why one of the reasons I read Proverbs 3.24. If you got problems with sleeping, begin to speak the word. Proverbs 3.24. Psalms 127.2. Psalms 4.8. Actually, there's another one in Ecclesiastes. I believe it's 5, 6. Every one of those talk about sleep. I had problems sleeping. My mom and dad in here, they can tell you, I was a sleepwalking machine. Not in a good way. I could get out. You could put deadbolts on you, but I'd get out. It's okay when you're little to a degree, but when you start getting old and you're adult, and you're walking around the neighborhood in your whitey tighties after midnight, and the police officer shines his light on you like, what's up with this nut? Okay, let me pray. We better get out of here. Father God, we love you. We love you tonight. We thank you. Oh, Lord, deposit within us. And Father God, when you speak to us, Lord Jesus, that we grab a hold of your word. And Father, grace us in our faith tonight to trust you, to believe you. Stir within us tonight, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.